the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics are up to 19-17. and 17. Four-game win streak. We are officially ahead of the New York Knicks in the Eastern Conference standings. Thank God. We had another short week beating the Clippers and Raptors before the All-Star break, which we'll get into. But first things first, as always, we got to break down the best and worst takeaways of the week. James, honors all yours. I mean, us being ahead of the Knicks, uh, COVID numbers finally looking a little good. I feel like order is finally being restored in this world. But I feel like my best is going to be the last two wins. I think it was really important just to go into the all-star break with like continuing our win streak, just uh, sneaking those two games in there. Solid ones as well. I feel like we could have done better, but I'm just glad that we won them. Now with the worst, I feel like it was hard because I feel like it generally was a good week. It's hard to feel bad. It's all-star break, you know. It's like, it's. I'm not going to be too grumpy about it, but we're going to be the first team. This is just like a small takeaway. We're going to be the first team to play the Nets, who now have Blake Griffin. And, you know, that can go one of two ways. I think we can catch them off guard because, you know, they're just like trying to figure this thing out. Or, you know, we could just get obliterated because, you know, we have nothing to. The thing about the the Nets is that there's always like one of those guys open if, you know, and now you add Blake Griffin to the mix. And it's it might be a tough game, but I think if we do win that one out, it might catapult us like five game win streak. We'll take it from there. I don't know. What do you think? That'd be huge. Blake Griffin's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I have his jersey hanging in my closet, so I'm a little bitter today. But my best thing for this week is is Brad Stevens, honestly, because in the win against the Clippers and the win against the Raptors, we had short lineups, nine deep against the Clippers, and uh, only Jason and Jalen and Kemba got more than 30 minutes. Everyone else was just 20 minutes, share some time, nine nine men deep. We know what our rule is, and – we won two close games that could have blown at the end of it. So credit to Brad needed those two wins this week badly. And then my worst is Jalen Brown on three point contest. Thankfully Tatum was able to show up to that and, and give us some respect, but yeah, Jalen Brown, maybe, he, maybe he should have been in the first place. Cause that's, that's how he was shooting. He, he looks good. He looks um, good in the all-star game though, which I think that matters a little bit more. No, it's true. Uh, one of the most fun parts for sure was, was Jason and Jalen guarding each other. Um, a foul's a bucket, so Jalen's got to hold that over him for a while. But before we get to the All-Star game, we'll jump back to the Clippers. Uh, I love playing the Clippers. It's always a fun game, and I think we feel like, we feel like we've had their number the last few years since they've gotten Kawhi. Like, even the game we lost was, like, double overtime, and we should have won it a couple times before we lost it. Um, Tatum had 14, Brown had 18, so not crazy games from them. But Kemba comes up with 25. Rob Pritchard and Tristan Thompson all had 13, 14, 13. And like I said, it's a nine-man deep lineup. So Tatum, Brown, Walker get 34 minutes plus. Everyone else is in the 20-minute range. Teed gets 13 minutes. I just – I like when we have a set group and everyone knows what's going on out there. Yeah, no, I, I like the lineup. I mean, we need to beat this team without Kawhi, though. I mean, it like, you know, yeah. I think that now that we have our squad as as healthy as it can be with Smart being out, for like a long period of time who knows they said post all-star break but that really means like add two three more weeks on there but like you know 
I think that this was kind of like a must win in some kind of way. I feel like against it's like another playoff team. We had like had to stack up against these teams so that we look in any way kind of capable. But I mean, yeah, what's nice is that we're coming away with wins when Tatum has a bad game. And for a long stretch of games there, if Tatum didn't show up, we really just had no chance at all. So that's like a it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Kemba with another big game. I'm like, I'm almost ready to say he's back and only almost. And here's why I feel like it's just like, I need to see what he does after the all-star game, you know, post all-star game, like it's such a big part for any championship run. And it's weird because he was kind of getting back on his feet. And I think some time off, you know, will always help like, like anyone who's like slightly unhealthy, but I almost kind of wish he had those games just to play because I feel like he's, you know, getting into a rhythm now he's coming back from another break. I, like, I don't know. It's really going to be like these next few games, like is what kind of chem is going to show up. I think that's going to decipher a lot, but in this game, I feel like he was just like kind of in that Pacers games, like exactly what we needed. No, absolutely. Kemba. It's good to see him come back to form. And I agree. Like he, he, the momentum gets stopped a little bit when you have to take a week off, but someone that deals with the injuries that he's deal, dealt with. Um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good thing, especially because yeah. like when he's playing, like in the Clippers game, he got 34 minutes. Like he he's back up to getting the full time and he's back to just like impacting our offense positively. Like he had, I think he had six assists that night and it's not crazy assist numbers, but just that he's like one of the only people on the team I trust with the ball in his hands to, to dribble around and move the offense around. And yep. I think that just like, without a doubt, he does a better job creating shots for other people than Tatum and Brown do just cause that's not Tatum and Brown's game. So when Kemba plays like that, it's a good night. And the Clippers, I mean, they didn't have Kawhi. So that's huge. But I think that they're a team that we're just, we're kind of built for. Like they don't have any big men that are going to dominate us like on the boards or like yeah. getting points. Like yes. Serge Ibaka, when he kills us, it's because he starts hitting threes all of a sudden and you just, you just don't expect it. Um, but yeah, the, the way that our two teams are built, I'd say are pretty similar. We're just a little more inexperienced than they are, um, which serves no, a lot, sure. but, but we keep beating them. I mean, we, I feel like these are the games we forget that unless we're playing Embiid, unless we're playing Sabonis, unless we're playing like these bigger stars, Jokic, like we don't really have like that big of a defensive weakness. Like we can guard out on the three. Like we do have like capable like players like on the wing at all times. I feel like we stack up against a lot of these playoff teams in this kind of same way. Um, I feel like it's, it's the fact that we don't have to have the big Jalen game you know, he was efficient, 14 shots, almost too efficient. Right. Like, I feel like if he's, if he's shooting 14 times, I want him to shoot like 20 to 25. If he's this kind of guy that we're going to rely on the number two, the work dude, if he becomes the next Chris Middleton, I'll be mad. If it's just going to be this guy who just like, he's supposed to be the second guy. And like, you know, he can go off on any given night, but you know, one out of every three games, he just, he takes 12 shots and it's kind of just like pedestrian you know, that's not good for us. So I feel like I want to see more authority from him, like just game to game. To be honest, like how many shots less do you think he should be taking than Tatum? I think that on a given night, like they should be taking easily the most shots, but I don't think that one of them should be taking more shots than the other. I think that it's when the ball moves over to them and who's guarding them. I think that like at least this season, maybe I would have had Tatum over Brown before, but I think that Brown has like caught up to Tatum because even if he doesn't like score as high volume, he scores, I think more efficiently. And so the, the, the Brown and Tatum argument, I think has never been closer. 
right yeah, now. No, for least. sure. I mean, and, and that's kind of, I know it's going to be an insult to what Tatum's potential is, but we're, you know, we're talking now. Um, he plays 40 minutes in this game. And I feel like that kind of like, you start to think like maybe him playing like around 35 or less, like just trying to think of like the game he wants to play that allows him to be more explosive, to attack the basket more. He has, you know, more energy. Like if he's not, if, if it's true and he has grown two inches this year and he's getting used to like whatever kind of thing, or for whatever reason, call it COVID, you know, he he's talked about like his COVID battle is not easy, you know? And yeah. it's like, if he is like winded out there, and he starts putting up these shots and it's like, okay, clearly this guy is tired, um, confident, but still tired. Doesn't have his legs underneath him. And maybe like we don't play Tatum 40 minutes for some time, which I think is completely okay. I just don't know why we're running him into the ground when clearly like he doesn't have the wind. Like he doesn't have like the same kind of like, I can go all game. I'm a young guy. Like it seems like those like two, three weeks off. have really just like affected like what kind of shape he was in. So yeah, him getting 14 points, I think speaks to what you're trying to say. Like if he's too gassed out there, like it's a problem for us. But I said before, I do like that we played a shorter lineup. Like I, I like that we didn't try and throw Neesmith or, or someone oh, else out sure. there like to, in his place to give him more rest. And you have like, more minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I feel you. But in a game against the Clippers, like he's our best player, 40 sure. minutes, that, 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 that's, that's nothing to me, except that he scores 14 points. But you know, I don't think I also think it speaks to, you know, if he's out there playing 40 minutes, he already like sometimes looks a little lazy on defense. So I don't know what his defense looks like panting yeah, at the, no, at the sure. two minute mark in the fourth. Um, who doesn't though? Rob will, who played a better game than Tice once again, but just, I don't know, man, this experiment, I think it's going well. I love Rob, Rob will Rob will is like off of my, off of my trade list for anyone that we can try and get. He had 13 points that night. And like him and Tristan put, go both putting up 13. Like if we can just have a big man that can put up double digits like consistently and grab some boards, that's all we wanted since like even Al Horford like struggled to get the boards, even though he got the points for it. Um, I've never been a Celtics fan when we've had like a, a, like a very good center. Al Horford is the best we've gotten. And he's just like, he's just more of a power forward. So well, apparently it's not going to be Drummond's. Is uh, a treat. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he is like what we, potentially might need i heard drummond is like probably gonna go to the lakers so it's probably not that's gonna so be him dumb that's but, so dumb I mean, we'll see we'll see anything's Gosh. possible i think we should talk about the raptors i think that this is kind of like uh it's a it, for me this was a understandably close game like if this wasn't like if this is game 20 of the season i'd be kind of concerned we we need to blow out a team like this who has this many players out due to covid protocols Chris yeah. Boucher can't score 30 on us like that, you know, like, but here's the thing. It's like, it's the last game before the all-star break guys are mailing it in Tatum scores 27 and 12, you know, he, he, yeah. he shows up great game. I feel like I've seen all I needed from this game. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'll excuse the low effort. Like maybe, maybe they didn't want to be running after uh, Chris Boucher and, you know, and company. So Norman Powell. So you know, I, I'll, I'll give it the pass. I'll give it the pass. I'm just glad we won. We said, so in the, in the Clippers game, we had six guys in double digits, which is very rare for us. And in the Raptors game, we had seven guys in double digits. So that was huge. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Tatum had a great game. Um, Grant Williams had the best game of his career. Grant Williams was looking like a sniper out there. He should have been in the three-point contest over Jalen Brown after that game. Maybe. He's very deliberate in his form. And who would have thought? Jeff Teague. Huh? Jeff Teague. Good night from huh? Jeff Teague. No. 
It, and and I'm gonna say, like, if, you, if you if you watch the game though, Jeff Teague actually like the Jeff Teague in this game was kind of like a like in those moments, like I feel like he kind of came up when in, like when the the momentum was shifting over, and because you didn't expect this guy to come out and like those shots that like you know you expect him just to miss now, like when he starts making those, you're just like, oh, it's kind of hard for the other team to get something going. Like if this yeah. guy's scoring 14 points, makes you think. Now, the point guard can make open threes. It's, I mean, yeah, it's it's huge. It, if he's the player he should have been, I feel like we're in a lot better of a place, right? But yeah. Pritchard, I think he's going to be a bigger piece post All Star break. I feel like Brad giving him clutch minutes in some of these games, it, it just feels like it's going that way. I, I feel like that's like he knows that this is unless he's traded, which is is also definitely on the table. Yeah, I. Uh... Watching that game, you know, it was it was like like the story's gone all season. We had like a ten point lead with like three minutes left, and it dwindled down to being a four point game uh, before it ended. And we were able to just outlast them. And I think that we were growing. Like this team, I'm glad that we were able to go on a little win streak before the All Star break. It was much needed. And we're two games up from 500 now, and we're finishing games better. The last four games, we finished the game the right way, and hopefully that's a sign of better things to come. Yeah, I mean, dude, we're three games behind the Bucks. You, know, you, you think we think we're far out, you think we're struggling, but there's a lot of basketball left to be played. And you know, I feel like we're trending in a direction. It's all about peaking at the right time. I'm yeah, going to this all-star break feeling good. I don't know. I think we've struggled at the right moments. Like we've struggled when we've had guys dealing with COVID and we're, we like we haven't practiced in like a month, and now we're gonna get the chance to do that. And if we're looking ahead to the second half of the season, if we can do what we've been doing these last few games, we're nine deep in our rotation. Don't go crazy playing 14 guys. We don't need to give Aaron Nason a 25 minutes a game for a week and a half. And then all of a sudden, nothing. We can have a little bit more consistency going forward. Maybe we can make a trade that just makes us a little bit better. And we get Marcus Smart back. And then we're back to being in the conversation where we're top three team in the East fighting for our fighting for the, the throne. No, totally. I feel like we're right on that track. Now, we don't have to, I feel like we don't have to spend a ton of time on the actual all-star break. This was like Joel and B tweeted like Mickey Mouse All Star Game. Yeah, I mean, th- this was a for understandable reasons. This was probably one to forget, right? Okay, I think no I think one, with a few moments though. There's a few moments that were nice. No one on the Celtics is allowed to get haircuts anymore. How many guys are going to have COVID exposures from their barbers? Like, yeah, that would have been so. I mean, they bad see a lot of people. Yeah, they, they see a lot of people from him, and it just spread to all the stars in the league. I that mean, was like dude, we'll fear. see. We'll see. It might. It might have happened. You know, we, we don't know that until I think we have crazy. to give it like a week. But it'd be the craziest thing to happen in sports in this pandemic. If all it'd the be Adam Silver's just like downfall. You know, it'd be such a bad look. Now we have to wait and see on that. But as far as the actual product, like it's what you expected. You know, this is like this is an All Star break, but it's not like so much mm-hmm. of All Star break is like the crowd and like all yeah. the fan engagement. Yeah. Um, players being allowed to hang out with each other and like go out together and like this was more of like a business trip and that's why you get like Cassius Stanley and Freddie Simons Obi Toppin and you're just like oh let's just make it the halftime show but it's like <laughs> I, you're, you're making all these like you're trying to fit in like wherever you can just like let's just get this done in one night let's just call it and it makes you think I'm like if that's what it's going to be maybe we should have just not had it Players were talking a lot. Like they thought that it was dumb. We were having an all-star game, but I don't know if this is just the show and they're good showmen, but they looked like they had fun out there. Everyone looked like they had a good time. And 
I mean, yeah. I think that I think I think it was worth the effort. Now you think that we're they're going to go out it, there and mope. I mean, it, when 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 Jokic is out there just waving his arms around, how can, how can you stay oh. bitter? How yeah. can you be upset? You got Deuce running around the court in his mask. I mean, it's it's wonderful. The actual the actual game and the actual night, I. I, I kind of hate All-Star Weekend a little bit because you let yourself get excited for it and it's like 90% commercials and the actual, It's oriented to the 13-year-olds, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so the, the skills challenge, it's stupid. We shouldn't do the skills challenge. It's like you could put any eight NBA players in there and any one of them could end up winning. It's just dribbling, passing, and making a three. Like it's not anything I, Now hear me out. We tweak it a little bit and then imagine if it was like Lamelo versus Tyrese Halliburton. All of a sudden, it's like kind of good television. You know what I mean? It's all about who it is. And that's how I feel about the dunk contest, too. Like, it's kind of like how some jokes, it, like, it has to be a certain guy who says it. It's like, yeah, the dunks don't, we've all seen a million dunks. It's not about, it's not really maybe even about the dunk, but maybe it's the guy who did it that makes yeah. it like a little bit more special. If Zion's in there and he does the same dunk, if he's, if he goes as close to kissing the rim, you know, like Simons does, then the whole world, like, Reach reports, like, Zion kisses the you know it, it, yeah. it's the world the world goes crazy so it's it is what you're gonna get right and like I feel like there's the years in which we saw like oh the, the dunk contest is back or this so and so is back it's because of the people that were involved the dunk contest this year I like that it was short I like that it wasn't two and a half because hours you hate long it. because it wasn't good <laughs> we had you got Anthony Simons Anthony out there missing the rim, trying to kiss the, the rim on his dunk, and that wins him the competition. I learned the other day that they're not allowed to give out less than a 6 out of 10. That's the lowest you can give as a judge a 6. Why do we even do out of 10 if you can't give lower? Because you'll see guys miss dunks, and they'll still get like a 35. And Yeah. I think, okay, D-Wade's whole argument was that more people should get 9s. That's what he said on TNT, and, and that, you know, I, for the, okay. that decision. Okay, I think it's just the wrong person who said it. But I, I think agree that is with true. D Wade, but he should have. He shouldn't say that. He shouldn't say that. On the one dunk that he yeah. was judging, it was a it was a good it was dunk. A clear like, dunk. Like, yeah. Like yeah. like yeah. Like I understand 100%. Anthony Simons doesn't deserve the ten, but Aaron Gordon deserved. He jumped over the biggest dude in the building. He said it in yeah. his rap video. Um, I mean, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, like you compare. You want to compare that to Obi Toppin and. Cassius Stanley, who Obi Cassius was the Stan- most exciting. Cassius Stanley didn't do great. Either. I mean, Cassius Stanley is a guy. His first dunk was good, but I mean, it's yeah. it's he's the kind of guy that unless you watch college basketball and you know like about Cassius Stanley and you know it's I feel like you don't really know about Cassius Stanley, you know, and and that's not at least the, like the notoriety is like a little bit important, you know. It's exactly like mean that he's like before he was an all star, like that's the guy who dunks. Yeah. The, the dunk contest and the three-point contest, I'll give their credit because, like, whoever dunks the best that night is going to win. Like, I don't know if they're the best dunker in the league because it's just, like, whoever shows up. But, like, at least it works out as, like... Except that one Aaron ju- Gordon here. Except, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have judges. Yeah. It gets messed up. But, like, the skills competition, I feel like any bum in the league could win the skills competition. It's funny seeing this like, on centers any win. night. Yeah. <laughs> like... You yeah. telling me like like Chris Paul definitely is like the most skilled player in that contest, and he he you see all, saw what happened to him. It's just it's just what happens in that moment. The three point I mean, contest, yeah, it's, kind of like, it's it's a it, carnival game. The three point contest was was great though. I mean, you can't ask for much yeah. better than hitting the the winning shot on the last shot of the whole contest. Um, there is a like a, a starch difference from Jalen Brown versus Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry should just get the trophy named after him and retire. Uh, I don't know. 
they had Kyrie there, they had Dame there, they had Harden there. I would have liked to see them get in it, but I understand that you don't want to risk your reputation going head to head with Steph. Yeah, I mean, watching Steph, it's like watching him do what he does, like doesn't get old. I feel like, no. and let, let's go to the game because yeah, that, the whole Lillard Steph back and forth, that that was like awesome. That, it's 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 those moments you realize I'm like Steph is really that guy, you know, like like Dame is like we can we compare him to Steph and we always say like is he better because of like Steph changed the game and like when he when he hits that half court shot after Dame does like or I, I when he when he shot the three in the corner then looked mm-hmm. um, at the bench and then ran back the camera went to to Dame after right after it and he had this look in his face like and it wasn't like it was like all right like I'm atop that like you know it was like pure competition in his eyes the best 60 seconds of the NBA of the all-star game by far was the last minute of the first half, just from team LeBron team Durant also scores, but just from team LeBron, Dame yeah. hits a half court shot. Steph hits a half court shot. Steph catches a lob and Chris Paul catches a lob all within a 60 second period. Yeah. Magic. Pure magic. Pretty hu- it, that was hype. Now, Chris Paul. Yeah. That value was, was good, but I noticed a little something I want to, I want to see if you also notice this or if I'm just crazy, like, was there a little Harden Chris Paul like like push and shove like like there, there was like this little thing where like like I feel like Harden went up for a layup, um, and and like Chris Paul gets a rebound. There's like this kind of like like you know jabbing at the ball, and Chris Paul comes away with it, and there is like this little like Harden like you know like pushes him away a little bit. And I, am I crazy? I feel like there that's not all good, right? Like like there's no way. I didn't see it, but I believe it. Harden, Harden looked kind of upset out there. There was a point when like Jokic gave him a screen and Jokic kind of just held him because he wanted Steph to shoot from half court and Harden was like pushing him off. Harden looked a little <laughs> bitter. I don't know what it was, but I believe you. I mean, he looked happy when any of his teammates scored and like he's a, he's a happy guy, but like I saw a little bit of there and I, I'm, I'm honestly glad that the Chris Paul, James Harden thing is a thing because yeah. like now, dude, I, the next Suns-Nets game, like, that's going to be tight. Um, I feel like LeBron mailing it in in this game also needs to be needs to be highlighted. Just like probably the worst effort LeBron All-Star game, but I'm okay with it. But it was pretty funny to watch. LeBron played like eight minutes, and I would have <laughs> loved to have seen him catch a lob from Steph. But other than that, he's he's the best GM in, in, in basketball among the players. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's drafted four winning teams in a row. KD, I'll give KD a little bit of credit because he should have had Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid and yeah. himself, which would have made them a lot better. But also, LeBron picks Giannis first, then it's KD's turn. KD, he can't pick Steph over Kyrie, even though it's the right pick. He can't take his old teammate over his new teammate as his first starter. He's got to take Kyrie, and then Steph goes to Team LeBron. Same thing when he gets to reserves. When they get to the reserves, he can't take Dame over Harden. He's got to take Harden. So now LeBron's got him, Steph, and Dame, and there was no going back from that. You have Embiid go out, and now their big man is Julius Randle and no one else. It was just – Durant was a bad GM this, this time. Maybe yeah. he couldn't do anything about it, but it was bad. So I got a theory. LeBron isn't actually, like, a great he, – he's good at picking people. But the thing is, is that he doesn't have that same obligation. Like, when he makes it on the Lakers, who else is – who else on, the, on that Lakers team in, like, 2018 made the All-Star team? Like, nobody. No. And then when he's on, like, the Cavs team – Kevin Love doesn't make it, but maybe Kyrie does. And, and that's a, and that's a great first pick anyways. So like yeah, for, I, for a while now, like he isn't hindered by this whole entire, like I'd be loyal and pick this guy. 
if I'm Giannis and I don't, I don't pick Chris Middleton, like, you know, what does that mean? Like <laughs> this whole entire debacle. I think in years past, he has tried to pick guys that he wants to recruit. Like he'll go out and he'll pick yeah. Anthony Davis, the whole Giannis, pick thing. Giannis yeah. and Ben Simmons. Like he's trying to just take all these guys under his wing. I like it. He called Jalen Brown underrated. And I was like, LeBron, what are you, what are you doing? Dude, Jalen Brown wearing the yellow and like purple. That was scary. Cause like, that was just a uniform for, for uniform Team LeBron, sucked. but I've never seen a good all-star jersey in my life, unless it's like retro. But anyways, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Jalen, he, re- he really likes Cal. He likes going to Cal. I feel like he's one of those guys, if this all goes south, I think he's more prone to leave. I think Tatum knows that we're going to throw as much money at him as possible. I think, I think Jalen's a guy that, in that worst-case apocalypse scenario, that he, he's the one who goes out. Now, he's on a discount contract right now. He's making less than $30 million a year. Yeah, not to make the All-Star game about the Celtics, but the, the last thing I want to mention about the game before I just move on to like these, these other headlines is uh, you, you got the, the only thing that I liked about this All-Star game is that like for flashes, you got to see how other players might like play off each other. Yeah. And the whole entire Steph uh, Jokic thing, that was pretty eye-opening. And it got me to think like, like would the Warriors ever like, like, because the Nuggets can offer the Warriors a lot. Like, would that ever even be possible? And obviously, like, no. But, like, the thought of just, like, oh, maybe, like, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal, and three first-rounders for, for Steph, and you get Steph and Jokic. Like, that. I feel like that combo is is actually unbeatable. The pick and roll is, like, yeah. with, with, with Steph and Jokic would just be broken. Steph and Jokic, and I mean, Luca was on Team LeBron too. Like all those guys just on a court together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfair. I mean, it's all about like, the playmakers. No, yeah. Because like, like you have Steph who's hitting from half court and he's also like finding everyone. And so is Luca. Whereas on Team team KD, like, okay, you got, you got Bradley Beal and you've got James Harden and Kyrie Irving, but this is a team right here. This is, this is, this is, this is a group of guys that can, can move the ball around. And it was fun to watch. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, it wasn't a total loss, but I at the end of the day, if it didn't happen, I feel like I would have slept the same that night. <laughs> no, exactly. Like the game itself wasn't like nearly as great of a game as last year, and none of the competition, like the three point contest, I'll give it that. That was cool with Steph hitting it at the end. Yeah. But just like I guess every All Star weekend, this All Star game, none of it was very thrilling, but a lot of it was just like feeding me good content. Like I get to see Steph and Dame and LeBron and. It's just like, it's just Instagram clips. Honestly, you go on Instagram the next day, you can watch the dunk contest highlights and you can watch the game highlights. That's the best experience to watch this all-star weekend. (laughs) It is what it is, but I feel like there's more, there's much more eventful things. I feel like in the next like few months, like in this league, I don't know. I feel like it's, things are not going to look the same. Look at the standings now and they'll be vastly different. No, and we brought it up earlier, but Blake Griffin just went to the Nets, and I'm I'm pretty upset about it. You ready to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, doesn't their weakness still he makes them better, but doesn't their weakness still like remain in the in the same kind of way? It's true. No, the best like person to complete that lineup would have been someone that can play like really good defense and hustle and like hate open threes and stuff. Whereas Blake is more of like a like a person you run the ball through, which is not what they were looking for. And so he doesn't really necessarily fit them that well, but it's just more talent stacked on their team. I'm less upset that they got a lot better and more just still bitter that like you look around the league, the guys that fly around this league, like you see Derek Rose get traded for nothing. You see Blake Griffin walk for free and go sign wherever he wants. It's just frustrating to me that 
these pieces that keep moving around that we can't catch one of them. Is Derrick Rose a perfect fit for us? No. Is Blake Griffin? No. Is Jeremy Grant? No. I don't like, I understand like maybe Miles Turner isn't the perfect guy to get, but eventually just bite on someone and make us yeah. a little better. Like make, like bring us some talent. I mean, we had to have the conversation of like, how, like do players want to play in Boston? That's something that we have to think about. Like that, that's, that's number one, but Number number two, the, the more important factor though is Danny Ainge, and I, I, I we talked about before. I feel like he has to kind of he's a power hitter. It's it's home run or bust. He's yep. he doesn't he doesn't care for like pieces that will make us he's slightly better hitter. that gets us a little bit there. He just he just kind of just he swings for the fences every time, and that's just kind of kind of guy we have. We have to live by that. Now, in my opinion, it's it's kind of funny. I feel like the Nets got Blake Griffin. Like one because it makes them better, but two because it means the Lakers don't get them, and then the Lakers end up being the favored ones for for Andre Drummond just because they can offer him more money. And I feel like the Nets need Andre Drummond and the Lakers needed Blake Griffin. Um, but it, it, if if both these teams get the players that they're supposed to, um, I don't know. I still think that this whole entire like oh the Lakers are on this losing streak, you know, do they need Anthony Davis? I'm like yeah. You know, you're a lot worse though, Anthony Davis. Like, no matter what team you are, I just think they're still the clear favorite, you know, yeah. especially if they get Drummond. And this whole Blake Griffin thing, he's a great player and he's he's definitely learned to like change his game over time, but he's not been that great this year. And I feel like with these athletic dunker, Sean Kemp style, you know, rim runner, whatever type guys, when it starts to fall off a cliff, it, it never goes back up. You know, they never have like a great season after like, tailing off i agree um the trade deadline is march 25th so we have a little bit of time to see like what options we can run toward us um i was looking at you hear you hear that we're looking for jeremy grant jeremy grant isn't like a solution like andre Drummond would be for us but he was someone that's a playmaker i put it through the nba trade machine which is a a program i love to use and i was having trouble for a while because we like we couldn't get him without giving up a starter like the least we could give is tristan thompson and like other guys and then i learned that the nba trade machine doesn't know about our trade exception um so that was a waste the the trade exception is interesting because we've we've got a year to use it like we don't want to miss out on guys like this and then end up using it on someone that like isn't really as exciting as we could have had but i look at jeremy grant and I don't know if he's the guy for us because he's a playmaker. He's scoring well this year, but this is his eighth year in the league. I know he's only 26, but this is his eighth season. So I don't know if we're going to see his ceiling raise much higher. He doesn't get a lot of rebounds. He shoots a low percentage. He's on a bad team taking a lot of shots and scoring over 20 points for the first time. So I'm a, I'm a little afraid. Actually, I was going to say I'm a little afraid that we're going to give up too much for him because we're desperate. But I don't think Danny's going to do that. I think we're just not going to trade for him. That's what I think. I mean, that's, that's first of all, yeah, Grant. I don't, I don't think, I don't believe that because I feel like the Pistons move Blake Griffin because it's Jeremy Grant's team, and they're theoretically trying to build something. That's what they're saying, and like it does. What they're doing doesn't make a lot of sense. They offer Mason Plumlee uh, enough money to buy four mansions for some kind of reason, and then like they say, like Jeremy Grant's our guy. I, I just don't know, like. Where, where, what makes sense in, in the Pistons organization, and what, like just letting Blake Griffin kind of go for nothing, you can point out a lot of reasons why like they're kind of all out of whack. And I feel because of that reason, they'd be naive enough to say that we're building around Jeremy Grant. They've given him the money. I think they believe in him. I don't think they're giving him away. 
I feel like we have to look at the, the Kings because the Kings, they're either trading Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald. One of them's happening. Yep. I don't know yep. what you do if you're the Kings, but I think it's worth asking the question, like, is he worth it? And I feel like Harrison Barnes, it's the, the, I, th- I think it has to start from there because I don't know. I have mixed feelings. It's a tough comparison. I don't love either player as a fit for our team. The Pistons are such a lost franchise. They, their best players the last three years have been Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin, and they've had different chances to trade them at different deadlines and stuff. And they ended up getting Dennis Smith Jr. for both of them combined. They, mm-hmm. they just let Blake go, and they got Dennis Smith Jr. for Derrick Rose. So just complete mismanagement by them. I don't know what they're going to do with Jeremy Grant. Hopefully something stupid so we can get him for cheap. But No, Harrison- they paid him. They're keeping him. They, he's, he's the future. Harrison Barnes is not a stretch four, which I think is what we need. He is a scorer that can come off the bench and give us something, which we also need. But I just I'm not I'm not that excited by him. It's not a home run from if from Danny if, if it was going to happen. And I think that he's overpaid. I mean, maybe Jeremy's also overpaid. Maybe everyone's overpaid. But I just I hate that. I feel like we'd be settling for Harrison Barnes. Buddy Heald excites me more than Harrison Barnes. I think. No, I agree. I don't feel like Harrison Barnes solves her problem. And I feel like it's for a pretty simple reason. Like he's at a position that's similar to semi uh, you know, Jeremy, I'm sorry, uh, Grant Williams. Like that's his position, right? That's the kind of role he's going to play. He might be better than those players, but is he, his salary better? Is he like, how, how many notches ahead? Is he like better than Semi on a good night or Grant on a good night? Is he really going to be that that much better? Like I think he is better. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't, I'm not trying to compare Grant Williams to Harrison Barnes and say that it's a a, a great comparison. But you have to ask the question. You, if this is your big move, like how much better did you really get? Like he's at, well, at the position that you're at. He's making twenty times more than Grant Williams. Is he twenty times better than Grant Williams? Like not every night. It just doesn't, I don't know. That one doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how that's gained so much steam. I've never really understood it. The buddy heel thing is totally. Now, this is this is why I feel like it's not gonna happen. I think it's a really stupid reason. They're not gonna, they're not gonna who who are they gonna sit, right? And the natural guy to pair up with Buddy Heald is Marcus Smart. It just makes sense. Now, they're not gonna sit Kemba though. No. And that's that's a that's a hard thing. It's it makes sense for me. I think Kemba playing li- more limited minutes off the bench against a second unit that excites me. I I, I want to see more Kemba and Pritchard in the same lineup. I think they play pretty well together. I think that like if one of the, if one of them's bound to be open with Kemba being at full strength and playing like a solid twenty eight minutes and you know where he goes all out. I, I just feel like that's a direction that's too smart. That makes too much sense. That will never happen because of pride at the end of the day i don't think that we're ever going to get to a place where we bench kemba like well like like it or not like he's one of the only guys in this team that gets over 30 minutes and i agree that smart and buddy healed would be like a force but i think that maybe buddy comes off the bench and i'm, I'm just coming weir- off the bench he's not gonna go somewhere to come off the bench i'm weary about trading for guys that are just like like Brown and Tatum, like where they're just going to provide points for us. Like I'd love someone like Hayward that can do more. I know that Hayward, it's like didn't feel like he fit ever, but I think that because he was just too good for the role we gave him. 
but someone that could move the ball around um, and also like provide some interior defense and rebounding, I think is more important than just pure scoring. I mean, he's not just a, I'll give him a pass on being on the Kings. You know, like I feel like give, give him a team. Let's see what he does. He plays with Tatum and Brown. I think he's moving the ball. I, I don't know. I think Thaddeus Young's another guy that is being talked about that is intriguing. I, I, the Thaddeus Young thing, I just don't know if the Bulls are going to get rid of him because, I mean, they're not, I think they're trying to make the playoffs right now. So I, I don't know if they, that makes really sense for them. But like, I think he's exactly what we need, if I'm being honest. Uh, he's kind of like the Walmart version of Al Harford. If I had to make a prediction for what we do at the deadline, I would predict nothing over like something big. Of course. No, I agree. So, but Thaddeus Young, we could swing that and it wouldn't like, I don't know, trading for Harrison Barnes feels like more of a big deal than Thaddeus Young, but Thaddeus Young might be a much Hey, have you watched Thaddeus Young? Have you watched some Thaddeus Young this year? I haven't watched much of the Bulls this year, to be honest. Dude, I'm telling you, I feel like we, we look at a guy like Draymond Green or like, oh yeah, that, that, would, that would put the bow on this team. I'm, Thaddeus Young, he just has a little bit of everything, but I mean... I mean, he's he's a guy who like isn't as old as you think he is either. Like you think he's like thirty five and he's not. But I don't know if he, is if you're if the question is is he worth it? I think he totally is. Um, uh, before we move on to just other, uh, I want to talk about like Lakers maybe getting Oladipo and Hawks and Pacers. But is he worth it, Aaron Gordon? Because you haven't been impressed, but I, I think. The whole entire Vucevic thing is intriguing, but we do put up. We're gonna have to put up a lot. And it's something to consider. Aaron Gordon has not yet been a playmaker the way that I want him to be. But again, put him on the right team. Who knows? He's been stuck on the magic his whole career. Like that place is where you go to die in your career, unfortunately. I'm just saying like him, him, like he's running to the rim, fast breaks with Gordon. You know, like we have guys who could send up for, for oops. Maybe the ball moves a little bit more because like he's able to like do things off the ball. And I feel like that's the thing. It's like when he's moving, when he's cutting to the basket, like he's some kind of threat. And we don't have a lot of guys who like Tatum doesn't do that as much as he should. I think he's, if he puts in a lot of effort, he buys in. I, I don't hate it. You know, when people, I used to crap on the idea and I, I don't really hate it anymore. I like Aaron Gordon a lot. I think he's a top 10 dunker in the NBA and I think he's a top five rapper in the NBA. So I, <laughs> I like Aaron Gordon and I would definitely take him. I don't, I think that he, he's another guy that, you know, is more about scoring, but, I think that he's not as much of a prolific scorer that he would demand his shots on this team. And then maybe be able would allow us to, to move the ball around. And um, I've never seen him as like the best defender or rebounder, but I think you could bring him to Boston and you, you put him in under Brad Stevens and he'll get better at those things. I feel like your, your Brad Stevens, like 2k attributes is like plus two defense plus two rebounding for, for everyone that comes through um, maybe minus one. I don't know. IQ for some reason, but. No, I, I think he totally, in the end, like, he's just another guy to throw at the other team. He's a guy that you don't have to start necessarily. Um, I think he's, he'd be patient with the process because it's a better situation. Um, there's bigger news than this, but I just want to mention, I, I really like the Hornets. I think that this is probably, like, one of the most fun teams to watch. Definitely. Uh, LaMelo Ball, I've always, I've always been on his bandwagon. I feel like, you know, he's really turning into – I feel like LaMelo Ball's potential is not even yet really known, which is another exciting part of like this team. And dude, Gordon Hayward, like, man. I'm happy for Gordon. We, we had some concerns. A place to excel. 
we, we did like our first like podcast, second podcast. We we're talking about like, oh, like I hope we hope he does well. Like he just he breaks his bones all the time. But you know, we, we hope that you know the season's good for him. And look at him now. Just he just proved everyone wrong. He's like, honestly, dude, I, and I said it before, and I, I know I sound ridiculous then. I don't think that contract is that crazy. I would give Gordon $30 million to be here right now. And I think it kind of just hurts that uh, he's having his best season. It's not with us, but I said to drop that in there. I don't know if you have anything to say about the Hornets at all. I just had to mention it. If you throw on the floor, Devonte, Terry, LaMelo and Gordon Hayward, I'm going to be entertained no matter what. That's a fun team to watch. Scary Terry too, man. He's having a great season. It's true. I hope they make Love the that playoffs. Man. Love that man. But Lakers getting Defoe, much more important. And I yeah, think that's we huge. uh we play the Rockets this week who have lost like 17 in a row. Um yeah. and I really I was excited for them. I thought that John Wall and Oladipo and yeah. Boogie Cousins could have been something and Boogie's Boogie's out the door. Maybe we get another crack at Boogie. We've had many cracks at acquiring him. Maybe this is finally it. Um but yeah, I think Oladipo, I think he's a little bit of damaged goods. I think that he just needs to not be the most important player on the team. And John Wall is just he's John Wall. He's 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 fun to watch and he's talented, but he's not he's not carrying anyone to anything. No, for sure. Uh, yeah, he's, he doesn't really play a winning brand of basketball. But you know, I, I think that like the Rockets are one of those teams that's like, what the hell happened? But also like, yeah, you really kind of shouldn't have been winning in the first place. Uh Depot is, in my opinion, I, I think he just that that injury is really serious. I mean, that's the injury that ended Charles Barkley's career. I think that we have to give him some time. I think it's exactly kind of like the Gordon thing. It's like bad injury. Like, is it if there's one year where he just is back on the court, he's able to physically be there and maybe another year just for feel and just for like, all right, now that I have this new body, now that, you know, everything has changed, like how can I adjust my game to be more effective? And this might be a huge value move because you're buying low on him. And yep. in my opinion, is that enough to keep like, AD there is that enough to say like we have you know this legitimate third option you know is it enough to win this year is it enough to win next year that's a question with Old Depot that's not a question with Blake Griffin because next year that will not be enough like next year's Blake Griffin will not be enough who knows Old Depot's like next year might be better than what we're seeing him right now I hope so I hope that he keeps getting better unless he goes to the Lakers that would then then he can play badly um the Lakers, though, would have to give up a lot. I don't know if they'd rather have the depth just because, you know, AD gets hurt and, you know, you don't know what else. But would they have to I'm give sure. up a lot, though? I feel like they could give up Kuzma. I think they could do Kuzma and, like, I don't know, Kuzma and the scrap in something else. And I think I think the Rockets take it. I just, I just don't think they want to pay him. I think that they would also have to, like, give Oladipo an extension. I don't know if Oladipo has any control over that, but I think that Oladipo wants an extension and the Rockets were, like, waiting on it. I don't really know. Um, but we, so this week we play the Nets, which we don't know what they're going to look like with Blake Griffin. We don't know if KD is going to play, but uh, it should be a big, a big statement game to come off the break and hopefully beat the Nets. The Rockets have lost, like, eight, 17 in a row, so hopefully we can handle the Rockets uh, pretty easily, hopefully. Yeah. I mean – I think like we don't have to like say like, oh, the next few games will like decide our season. But I think that it's kind of as the weeks go by, like the urgency is going to pick up for us. Like we have to like make up some ground. Us being like where we were at, it's actually not terrible for like what the first half of our season was. But I would like us to pass the Bucks at some point. I think we're 
honestly, they've had a kind of a similar uh, battle with uh, COVID and like losing some players due to injury. But I feel like that, like, there's no reason for us to not be ahead of them, beat teams like the Pacers and the Hawks, who, I mean, what the hell happened to them? Like, yeah, it's teams are falling apart around us. And I feel like we have to be the one who like comes up through it. And we were totally prepared to be that. But I don't know. I feel like there's like we need to boil it down to like a few things that we definitely need to improve on and like simplify the process. I don't know what like I would say that is, though. I feel like we finished, we like figured out the minutes like at this point. I feel like it's just healthy. Right. It's being healthy. Yep. I think that being healthy with smart is going to get us back on track. I think that if we have consistency with our roles and minutes, it's going to just allow for us to feel more confident out there. I think the end of games, if we're just like, you know, we have our set lineups, it's not going to feel like, you know, where's the ball supposed to be going right now. Um, I'm excited for the second half. I have high hopes. I think we have a better record in the second half than the first half. Definitely. No, for sure. No, I feel like this, this this is not like a a windows close year. In my opinion, I think that's hard to team to be teams like, you know, the nets, but I think that like, we're, we're more used to playing with each other. I think with Marcus Smart's out there, it's a whole new game. If I had to end on anything, I, I just say like it really is anyone's game, and it's a very unique NBA season in that way. There's usually like two, three people that are really heavily considered. It's kind of like an open. It's an open season right now, and I and I kind of like that. We have 17 days until the trade deadline. If we can go on a little bit of a win streak here, then Danny Ainge might have the the motivation he needs to be in win now mode and go make a trade. So we'll see what happens over the next 17 days and over the next week. But the all-star break was fun and I'm feeling good coming out of it. So yep. we're in a good place. Agreed. That is going to do it for us this week on Double Take Celtics. You can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go to Double Take on YouTube. For extra credit, follow at the Double Take Show on Instagram. James, any last words this week? Go Red Sox, man. It's <laughs> good swing trainer. The boys are back. The boys Love are it. back. All right, go Celtics. We'll see you next week. All right.